Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkshire, host, and our guest is Jennifer Pra-Ruger, an associate professor of public health at Yale University. She has authored numerous theoretical and empirical studies on the equity and efficiency of health system access, financing, resource allocation, policy reform, and social determinants of health. These contributions are unified by an overarching interest in equity and disparities in health and health care, focusing on vulnerable and impoverished populations nationally and globally. Today we talk with Professor Ruger about her new book, Health and Social Justice. Welcome, Professor Ruger. Thank you for having me. What led you to write your book? I was interested in addressing several social problems that exist that relate to health and how societies across the world organize or fail to organize to address health issues. Mm -hmm. Some of these problems relate to differences or disparities in health outcomes. Okay. So uh, differences in under five uh, uh, mortality, um, differences in adult mortality or premature mortality. Um, changes uh, within um, the uh, ability to be healthy over time mm -hmm. and the course of life. Um, also, uh, different social problems related to health with respect to access to health care, differences in access to quality of health care, medically appropriate and med medically necessary mm -hmm. health care. Um, the fact that there are differences in people's financial protection for their health. Um, Out-of-pocket payments can be uh, exorbitant for, for many people. Um, and the lack of insurance to cover the cost of health care mm -hmm. uh, can be very problematic for individuals and also for societies because we shift those costs when they're not paid uh, to others. Uh, they can cause uh, individuals to be bankrupt. They can cause uh, state governments uh, to be sure. strapped with mm -hmm. expenditures. Uh, there's also a great differences in how societies allocate resources to health. The United States, for example, that, that spends uh, more than any other country on health care on a per capita basis is ranked 74th in the world in terms of health outcomes. And then, and then also um, questions about um, the norms and values that the citizens of any society have about health issues um, and how that relates to the policy decisions. Uh, that are made at the state and the uh, subnational level. So these types of social problems or issues uh, with respect to health uh, were of interest to me uh, in, in writing the book. Um, they collectively um, organize around a concept that's discussed in the book um, called health capability, which is the ability to be healthy. Okay. So uh, differences, for example, in health outcomes occur in any society and, and, and can't guarantee equal health. Mm -hmm. um, people are uh, different, differentially predisposed to health based on genetic or biological factors. So mm -hmm. equal health outcomes isn't, isn't a possibility in terms of a social guarantee. However, the um, equal opportunity to be healthy sure. or the ability to be healthy is something that uh, is a problem that we, we should think access. about addressing. And the access issues, mm -hmm. yes. One of the things you do in your book is you look at um, a variety of different um, current medical and health frameworks that are in place now, and then you kind of cite the problems around those frameworks. Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. There are a number of different um, ways or philosophies in which mm -hmm. different societies um, tackle these issues. 
Um, one approach on, on one end of the spectrum is to just let individuals be responsible for their health and their health care and, and basically allocate um, health care and the resources for health, whether they be public health or health care prevention or, tr or treatment, through the free market. Mm -hmm. And so people's ability to pay, whether they have money or not, on uh, their willingness to pay for uh, for healthcare is is really the way to go, and that's that's really the 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 framework in in many developing countries, and and has been the framework in the United States, although we do have a mixed system. Um, on the other end of the spectrum is is a more of a command and control that you know that the government is entirely responsible for the health of its population, um, and and a focus on on outcomes like maximizing the health of the population and the average health. Now there are, there are issues with with both ends of those spectrum and in between as uh, well. Okay, yes. and what country could you cite as having that kind of? So framework? on the on the more command and control is, is typically the former so Soviet okay. Union countries and, and this type of mm -hmm. uh, of approach. Um, so there, and then there's systems that are are in between. Um, the um, the problems with those different uh, frameworks are on, on the on the free market side. Or libertarian side, of course, there are mark, what we call market failures. Um, there are lots of problems with healthcare that are different than other types of goods like chairs and tables and, mm -hmm. and rugs. Um, there are uh, externalities w with respect to healthcare. So we have infectious agents, or you know, we want to make sure that um, people don't spread disease throughout the population. And so we have an interest in and a social interest in people consuming healthcare that may, they may not be able to buy through mm -hmm. the market, for example. Um, there are externalities in the cost of healthcare. Um, even if people don't have health insurance and can't pay for it, they still need it. Mm -hmm. And so they get it, and so somebody pays for the cost even if that person can't pay. Um, there are asymmetries of information or differences in the ability to understand knowledge. So that's why we have doctors and nurses and providers who have a wealth of knowledge and information about healthcare and are specialists in individuals who are lay people and have a certain amount of knowledge but certainly aren't as expert as a physician. So it's different from buying a pair of shoes mm -hmm. um, as compared to trying to decide about a surgery mm -hmm. or a treatment. So these types of failures in the market, and the f also the fact that healthcare is a mer what we call a merit good, which is we need healthcare um, and we need preventative um, services um, rather than just desire them or, or, or want them. Mm -hmm. um, so these are the problems with that type of approach, which justifies or provides a motivation for much more of uh, a government uh, or societal uh, role. Mm -hmm. On the, on the other side, um, the command and control or the more focused on the collective um, doesn't take adequate um, consideration of individuals and individuals' needs. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there are, the ability to be healthy is, is really something that all individuals need to be conscious of. And we need to be thinking about individual needs as well as the societal needs. So something somewhat, somewhat in the middle okay. uh, and, and, and a hybrid of okay. these approaches is really where we want to be. Okay, and you've, you've developed an alternative to those frameworks. Um, let's talk about your, it's uh, the health capability paradigm. So tell us about that. So the health capability paradigm is, a, is sort of a shift in thinking about this. Um, health capability is an idea that, um, again, goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's, it's more about the ability to be healthy mm -hmm. or the opportunity to be healthy, which involves um, creating the conditions, um, external conditions mm -hmm. and internal conditions 
for individuals to be healthy. So on the external side, okay. um, you know, society or, or you know, our collective, what we do in our public policies, whether we create regulations, we create financing systems, we create delivery systems, we create public goods of medical knowledge and information, we regulate doctors and how they deliver care and whether mm -hmm. they're uh, meeting certain standards, these types of external factors, and whether people have enough uh, food and food policies and and things like that have a lot to do with whether or not you or I have an ability to be healthy. Mm -hmm. We have the chance to be healthy um, and a regulation of our environment and things like that. But there's also internal characteristics. So people make individual choices. Sure. We make choices about our diet, mm -hmm. about our lifestyle, about what we, you know, what we do. Um, do we exercise? Do we not? You know, do we, do we take preventative measures. Do we smoke or Do not? we smoke or not? Right. You know, these sorts of individual habits mm -hmm. and um, and so um, in, a, in, an, in a concept called an individual health agency, which is our ability to achieve health goals that we value. Mm -hmm. um, do we have the skills to do that? Do, can we make cost-benefit trade-offs or look at risks of our, you know, and, and, and the benefits? Mm -hmm. um, do we have the information and knowledge to do that? So this is at the center of this, um, this, this paradigm. And then there's, it's a comprehensive approach that looks at specific policy areas um, to uh, address um, the ability to be healthy. Like what? It, like um, access to health care mm -hmm. um, and access to preventative uh, measures. Whether or not the, 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 on the external side there's mm -hmm. a regulation of the quality mm -hmm. and the appropriateness of medical care. Medical so, care has to be appropriate. Okay. So in, in, your paradigm, in your paradigm, would, would everyone have access to health care? Yes. Yes, but it's not just just any old health care. I mean, poor quality health care can actually um, mean poor outcomes. Sure. And differences in outcomes, and this may be, you know, part of what is is driving these. And actually, overutilization of health care could be um, less healthy and more costly. Sure. Um, and so, some sort of uh, recognition of that and regulation oversight of that is very important. Mm -hmm. Also, on the financing of of health care. Um, we know from social scientific research that pooling risk across a large population reduces the cost of health care for everybody um, and is more, is more equitable and efficient in terms of financing mm -hmm. uh, health care. It also reduces these negative impacts of out-of-pocket payments or mm -hmm. when you pay at the service um, because people may not demand appropriate health care and it may also cause them financial trouble down the line. Mm -hmm. So, um, so financial protection at the national level uh, and equitable um, uh, financing uh, would be uh, part of this paradigm. Also allocating resources more efficiently and equitably. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that the, the U.S. spends more uh, than any other country yet is ranked 74th in health outcomes. Yeah, that there's, is That amazing. shows that there's a problem. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That it we're does. not allocating resources mm -hmm. efficiently. Um, and we also have, you know, millions of 30 million people who aren't even in the system, mm -hmm. I haven't been in the system, so there's some there's a disconnect there, and 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 improving uh, those allocations are important. And then the the um, focus on um, the norms and the common knowledge uh, in a population about this goal and this objective, because it takes uh, individuals and it takes society, mm -hmm. it takes groups of doctors, it takes it takes the government at all levels right. uh, to be involved in this. So um, I think better education and better communication about values and, and norms mm -hmm. uh, with respect to health 
and, and both individual health and population health are really part of this as well. I, I believe that the financial aspect is probably the largest obstacle, I think, to many people believing that the 30 million people, for instance, that do not have health insurance, how is giving them health insurance going to impact what I am paying for my health insurance? Yes. How does your paradigm address that? Yes. Well, we're paying for health insurance very inefficiently. Um, and, and in many other countries as well. It's not just uh, the American system. As I said, the mm -hmm. out-of-pocket expenditures uh, in many developing countries, for example, are, um, are, are very problematic. So um, ensuring health insurance through a larger risk pool, we know that the more people are in the pool, mm -hmm. the more you can shift um, risks or shift the cost from people who are, are healthy to people who aren't as healthy from um, people who have, as, have more money mm -hmm. to pe uh, people who don't have as much money. Um, throughout the population in terms of age, younger people do tend to have less utilization mm -hmm. um, and, and costs, but older people have more. Um, mm -hmm. So if you, if you have a long-term view and a comprehensive view about it, you can actually spread these risks and these costs more efficiently, and it can cost um, less for everyone on mm -hmm. a per capita basis. Um, there's also um, important efforts to look at the costs themselves mm -hmm. and recognize that the costs are too high um, for many different types of procedures and different um, um, uh, parts of the medical care uh, complex. We are more costly than other uh, competitive countries, uh, for example. And so diagnosing the underlying causes of those uh, mm -hmm. costs and doing um, very specific and rigorous cost analyses to really get at the costs and separate mm -hmm. what real things really cost from what we pay for them in terms of the profit margin, for example, sure. is very important as well. So, so there's a the number of different measures okay. that can be taken. The profit margin, I imagine, is probably very high in this country for the medical profession. It can be mm -hmm. in some areas, and in some areas it, it's actually low. Okay. There are certain um, health systems that are, are doing better with, with less. Okay. Um, and so we have um, positive examples of ways in which um, um, better quality health care and you know, medically appropriate health care can be provided at a lower cost. Okay. And so it, it's, it, there are some possibilities out there, and there are some actually examples and proven okay. of ways in which this can be done. And so it's scaling it up. Uh -huh. Okay, and your book has been out there for about a year now. I am curious um, to know how it has had an effect on um, public health and, and the medical frameworks. We know, so are, can you cite some of the positive effects that, that your paradigm has had? Well, sure. Um, so in, in the area of health insurance, for example, it's been um, involved, there's been involvement with the, with the current health reform efforts uh -huh. uh, focused on um, expanding health insurance. Mm -hmm. um, and in the fact, population. You, your uh, book has been noted in a Supreme Court justice um, ruling. So talk a little bit about that, too. That's kind of, that must be very exciting for you. Well, it's been very interesting. Um, the um, the, the issue of um, health care uh, being very different from other types of, um, of services and goods, as I was mentioning, and buying health care or purchasing health care and purchasing health insurance is very different. And, and people um, tend to um, um, 
equate it with other types of, of services when that is, is, is not really the case. And mm -hmm. so health insurance, um, there are reasons for health insurance that are important um, that cover these you know, uh, costs that we incur. Mm -hmm. And the costs that incur based on anybody could wake up any day and have an unpredictable health and that we can't predict when sure. we're, we're going to be sick or when we're going to be injured or it's very hard to certainly we've tried to um, and so health insurance provides that protection um, and actually there's a social benefit to health insurance as well as an individual one mm -hmm. um, and so the the question has been whether or not we should um, have people purchase ins health insurance uh, to protect themselves um, but the but the question actually really should be are we having are we asking people to purchase health insurance to protect themselves and protect society in terms of the the transfer of costs and the transfer of the different externalities from not having health care mm -hmm. or having health care and, and needing health care that's not paid for, what we call uncompensated mm -hmm. care or shifting of the cost of care. And this is something that uh, we know social scientifically occurs. And so um, the, the shifting of cost creates these inefficiencies in the system for which advanced purchase of health care or advanced um, protection can um, perhaps not fully eliminate but certainly protect in, in some measure at the individual and the societal mm -hmm. level. Okay, and moving forward, what, what would you like to see happen uh, particularly in the United States in, in terms of health care? Well, I think things are moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, there are a number of different um, changes that are occurring uh, in both the policy arena and the legislative arena, um, the, the new health reform law, but also in the private sector. Mm -hmm. um, so in the book, I, I discuss a concept called shared health governance, which mm -hmm. is really about uh, the idea that creating uh, the ability to be healthy for all individuals and, 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 and the population as a whole is a, 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 um, a team effort um, mm -hmm. that we all have a role to play. The government has a role to play, play in these um, protections and regulations and oversight and investing in public goods like medical knowledge mm -hmm. and, and regulating services so they're high quality. Um, and, and redistributing resources. Doctors and providers have a role in terms of providing high quality services. Individuals have a role to play um, in, in their own health mm -hmm. and that responsibility is collective, that we have individual responsibilities and society has a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not a Republican or, or Democratic thing, it's not a liberal or conservative thing, it's a human mm -hmm. issue about the human condition that we're all part of the producing of, of our own health even. So no individual benefits from um, the, the whole infrastructure um, um, alone. It's, it's a collective uh, and, a, and an interdependent and codependent exercise. And so to the extent that we, we're moving more in that direction, which I think is in, we have, a, we have an opportunity in America to do that because we have a strong individualistic um, ethos, mm -hmm. um, but we also have some examples of where we've come forward for the collective. Our Medicare program is a very good example. Um, and, and this gets to the issue of, of norms and values. Some people say, if, if you don't do anything, please don't let the government take over Medicare. But Medicare is a government program. Mm -hmm. So the disconnect that I was talking about in terms of what people understand and the values 
and they, what they know about our programs uh, versus what is happening in policy, I think needs to be uh, bridged, sure. um, as well as recognizing this notion of a shared effort and a shared responsibility. Very good. Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing some of your work. Thank you. For more information about Professor Ruger, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Macmillan Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale. Thank you.